Welcome to Latinx Like Me, a show where we embrace how beautifully diverse our community is while also celebrating the things that unite us. I'm your host, Emma Cardenas, a first-generation Mexican-American born and raised in LA. Today, I'm chatting with my friend, Sandy Mays, who was born in Mexico City to a Swiss mother and a Mexican father. Her unique background is not one we hear of often. We discussed her upbringing across two continents, her work as a graphic designer, and how her language skills opened up professional doors. We also touched on dating in the Latinx community and the Mexican and Swiss traditions that she's passing on to her two children. Um, So I guess let's dive right in. Um, Tell us where you were born and raised, because I think that in itself is, is unique. Yeah, so I was born in Mexico to a Mexican dad and a Swiss mom. (laughs) <laughs> and I was back in the 80s. And um, yeah, it was really interesting because obviously culture-wise, my mom brought a lot of European um, to the family. And, you know, being in Mexico, it sometimes clashed a little bit, mm. um, especially, you know, upbringing of, you know, even when I was born in the hospital, you know, how when a girl is born, they automatically do um, your earrings. And my mom screamed at the nurses like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're, oh. <laughs> you're, you're shooting holes in my baby. She was just born. Yeah. And she, you know, she didn't know. She didn't uh-huh. used to it. So it started there. Yeah, <laughs> I was, that is a, like a total clash. <laughs> this might be a totally random question, but along the lines of the ear piercing, because I also had my ears pierced. I must've been one or something. And I know we went to like, downtown LA to do it um did it <laughs> funny though like it starts there like you're Mexican yeah. here you need jewelry when you're a girl which is exactly crazy. did you have like the gold ID bracelet as well oh no. well <laughs> I got that as a present from my madrina and padrino of course but I never wore it I, that's the thing and I was like I got all these Mexican things but no I didn't really buy into it too much it's funny yeah Oh my God, that is so funny. So you were born, sorry, in Mexico City, right? Yeah, Mexico City. And so we lived in Mexico, um, you know, biggest city in the world. I think it's still the biggest city in the world. And um, my mom was a teacher in the Swiss school of Mexico. And that's where we did kindergarten. I mean, I did kindergarten two years. Um, and then we did one year, which is pre-primaria, which doesn't even exist here. It's like after two years of kindergarten, you go one year to pre-primaria. which prepares you for primaria, you know, for Mm -hmm. elementary school. And that's when you learn how to um, write and read. So you don't really learn in kindergarten yet. Kindergarten is more socializing, you know, and playing and, you know, all that stuff. And primaria was really fun because we lived in Cocoyoc, which was an hour, about an hour south of Mexico City. So it's like the suburbs. And that to me was the most amazing place. And it still is. My dad still has a house there. It's like a weekend house that people have um, there, people that live in the city. And um, yeah, and then unfortunately, you know, my parents got divorced right after that. Um, it didn't work. All those differences, really. <laughs> just didn't work. And so I moved with my mom to Switzerland, to Zurich. Mm-hmm. And you were about how old? Um, I was about five or six. Yeah, about okay. around that age. That yeah. must have been a big change. It was completely changed. I mean, not just, first of all, a little trauma, right? Because right. of the whole divorce. I mean, at any age, I think any kid um, suffers because mm-hmm. 
it's like your world, right? Your support system just gets ripped apart. And so I was a very, I mean, it, I suffered a lot. You know, I was very sad about that, obviously, missing my dad. And I have an older brother who mm -hmm. stayed behind. So he stayed with my dad and I moved with my mom. And so I was, yeah, I was definitely um, just insanely different, right? Even though I was, you know, I would go to Switzerland um, for, you know, winter breaks to mm -hmm. visit my mom's side of the family. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't a place that you'd never been before. Exactly. Like I okay. knew, and of course I knew all my family, but yeah, going into school and of course speaking Spanish at home and only Swiss to my mom and all of a sudden everybody sp spoke Swiss, right? And nobody mm -hmm. spoke Spanish. So, you know, in the beginning it was a little hiccupy, but as a child, you, your brain is like a sponge, right? So I, I learned everything really, really quickly. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like that's when I really bloomed. I feel like thinking back, you know, in Mexico, I, even though I was so little, I was a little bit more, you know, a little shy, a little more reserved mm -hmm. just because of the whole culture of, you know, being very private and for security reasons. Right. You know, might touch up on later. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. Yeah, in Switzerland, I was just bloomed. I went to you know, the Girl Scouts and I traveled with my friends with the train. I mean, it was very, very fun. I had an amazing, um, you know, childhood there. Yeah. And you were there until you were about 16, right? So it's a lot yeah. of for me. Yeah, I was there for a long time. And so I would go back to Mexico every summer mm -hmm. or at least almost every summer. Um, and I think that's when it started the whole like art. I got really into art. Oh. Because, um, you know, I, yeah, I had all these feelings and I didn't know how to express. So I just kind of went to my room and I painted a lot and scribbled and doodled. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. And then I, when I turned 14, I would say, no, I think it was 13 or 14. I um, visited my dad again in the summer and all of a sudden everything seemed different. You know, I was a little older and Mexico seemed like this infinite place of all these opportunities and crazy you can go you know water ski and then you go to the city and then you fly you know to the beach and I mean it was also my my brother and my dad's lifestyle that I you know got sold into. So I'm like all right what am I doing in this tiny Switzerland <laughs> <laughs> and it's also the teenage years you know yeah. I, my mom at that time she had a new boyfriend and I was just plain old jealous you know and I was just rebellious I'm like I'm gonna go and live with my dad you know <laughs> yeah. yeah and so yeah so I moved back it's funny how like it just all of a sudden clicked because it's not like you hadn't been back to Mexico and all of a sudden you were like, oh, what is this place? Yeah, like you'd been going back and forth, which is, how was that kind of going back and forth? I mean, did you, I know there's, there's a saying that um, is very much the like Latinx American experience, which is um, ni de aquí, ni de allá. Yeah. Is yeah. that? Did you have that because you I were did. kind of going yeah. to both worlds? Yeah, I think I think my whole life, and I still do, Emma, because I'm in the U.S. and I still sometimes <laughs> feel a little out of place. But I did feel a lot, a lot of times, you know, not like I didn't fit in or I didn't belong, but certainly that I wasn't like the others, and I compare myself a lot, you know. And um, I would say it was more so in Mexico than in Switzerland. But when I was in Switzerland in those years, when you're like trying to find yourself and you're a teenager and the world's completely, you know, upside down anyway, you feel like nobody understands you, right? And then what, my mom got a new boyfriend? She prefers me. And I think at that time too, we, we moved, um, you know, from this smaller town in Zurich to the city. But yeah, it was this whole thing that, wait a minute, you know, 
I kind of, I kind of miss Mexico. I kind of miss a little bit chaos and you know, the loudness <laughs> and I don't like all these rules that I'm having to follow. Right. And in Switzerland, when you're 14, you have to sort of decide where you're going to go. If you're going to start working, you know, at 16, or if you're going to go to university. And I had no clue. I was literally, I was just like, I just want to paint and draw on, you know? Yeah. And so when I went to Mexico at around 13, 14, um, I would still have contact with some other people from the Swiss school in Mexico that I assisted because my brother was still there. So we still had okay. people that we knew. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, what? You guys still have three more years to go to school and then you decide? So, oh, so after you do three, so you do elementary for six years, then you do three years of secundaria, which would be junior high and yeah, middle school. Junior high, right? Mm -hmm. And then you do three extra years of um, preparatoria, which, which would be probably high school right yeah yeah and so in, in Europe you don't have that you have wow. to already decide if you're going to go to university and so I'm like wait a minute I still can you know party <laughs> three more years <laughs> to Mexico <laughs> yeah and and I think that's when when I clashed you know first of all you know um, I lived with my mom in Switzerland right and so every girl problem whatever I could talk to her and now I had to be over the phone and you know what six nine depending now with the time change hours of difference right, right? I couldn't just call her anytime and so I was living in a house of man my brother and my dad my brother um he's now in tv and back then he was doing a lot of casting so he was never home and my dad um he's an aviation lawyer so he was traveling all the time so basically I just moved back home just to Mexico just to be by myself. Oh. And so that was really hard because I, I really felt lonely, even though I, you know, I had the Mexican family, la familia, la abuelita and everybody, but you know, I, I still feel, felt super lonely, even though I was very independent already. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was still a little bit of a clash and same with, you know, I, I couldn't take the public transportation because I know estas güerita te van a robar, you know? Was that, because I remember, and I think we talked about this, like I remember when, like I also grew up going, my dad's family's from Mexico City. Mm -hmm. um, so we would, every summer, we would go to Mexico to um, Michoacan to visit my mom's family. Mm -hmm. And then my mom and I would go to Mexico City to visit my tia Emma. And it was, I just always remember hearing this like concern for kidnappings and like was that a thing that's like always been always been and always will I think I mean in a city that big you know with so many um, low-income you know people and low-income class is the biggest uh, you know in, in Mexico City um, unfortunately there's still a lot of that going on you know mm -hmm. and I think because I just had arrived my dad wanted to treat me like the princess which he's always had but you know now he was, I was with him and he was so yeah. It was amazing, but yeah, he was, you know, he was scared. And he still tells me now that he's, even though I'm, I don't live with him in Mexico, mm -hmm. he's calmer than I am in the US because I am safer. And so it's crazy. It's like just ingrained in your brain that you're just, yeah. And I wasn't able to take the public transportation. Whereas in Switzerland, I was taking the train to go to school. I was so used to just like walking out or over the weekend taking, you know, a three hour train to go to Paris, you know, with my friends or, you know, and all of a sudden oh, I'm in <laughs> I know in this huge city, I'm not allowed to, or, you know, I shouldn't, even though sometimes I you know, sneaked out, but um, yeah, and I'm having to wait for, you know, the driver or, you know, or have somebody drive me. And then whenever I got to wherever I had to go, you know, I had to call back then we didn't have cell phones, right? Great. So, yeah 
payphone call back, oh, I got here, say, which is crazy to think about, right? It's a really, that you mentioned, you know, because you're lighter skin, like mm -hmm. me too, and then my last name, even though we have no relation that I know of, my last name is associated with a political family in Mexico. Yeah, for sure. um, and I think that's where, and it's, you know, maybe you can speak on this more than I can, but especially in Mexico City, and I mean, just in Mexico, mm -hmm. in many countries, there's the big colorism thing, but especially in Mexico, it's like the people that are lighter skinned, they're more, you know, fresa, and they're, oh, they must be rich because they're lighter skinned. Yeah. Um, and then people that, you know, are a bit more indigenous looking or whatnot, well, they must be poor and whatever, um, you know, that's a massive issue. But even just like at face value, when you're talking about a lighter skin, you know, fresita looking kid walking down the street, like they're more at risk of getting kidnapped because it's immediately assumed that you must be rich. Yeah, that you must have that. And which is sad. So yeah, you're, you're touching up on, a, you know, racism there's racism racism that a lot of people don't know amongst you know the latino the latino community you know and and it's sad because it's just such a generalized you know idea yeah uh, well, I, the, think it's more, I feel like would that be, to me it seems more colorism than racism yeah. because it's within the same you know, race and, and people. But I think that, I mean, that in itself, like I didn't know the term Afro-Latina Afro until recently. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yes, that makes complete and total sense. Like I I had no idea, but I, I definitely know that colorism is, is a massive, massive issue in like many, many countries, you know, not, not just Latinx countries, but all over the world. It's, you know, they're selling those like face creams that make your skin whiter and whatnot, but. That's crazy, isn't that? That's such a shame, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, massive issue. So yes, sorry, <laughs> just totally like totally oh, yeah. rest. <laughs> That's so sad, Emma, <laughs> so, just thinking about this. I mean, but it's so true, but yeah, I mean, growing up and where you have to be extra careful just yeah. based on how you look because of the corruption of yeah, yeah, I mean, you exactly. see what's on the magazines, on TV, right? Who are these actresses? They're all the whites, that yeah. you know, light eyes, right? And and so there's definitely, you know, you grow up, you know, thinking that, that that's beauty, that's, you know, that's the higher race, which is not true. But yeah, in countries such as Mexico, it's, it's so prominent. Like you see it in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's just bananas to think that it's still happening like even in the um like representation that we're seeing in hollywood nowadays like yay there's a, a you know a latinx actress and then you're like oh but she still looks like kind of what you know the stereotype is which is like dark hair and like you know curvy but still petite and and whatnot so i think we still have you know and, and lighter skin you know quite fair I, I still we you know we still have a ways a ways to go but slowly but surely chipping back at it yeah and i think it's happening and i think with you know just really geared towards better role models i think that's what it is for for the younger audience right so so having these personalities and these people um available to them so that they can identify with them and they don't have to think oh i need to change so that i can look like this person you right. don't have to change anything about yourself you're perfect as you are you know this is really just a mentality of selling for the media, you know, <laughs> and that's in Mexico too, unfortunately. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah.
So you went back from Mexico when you were, you were in Mexico for two years, right? Before you went to college. To college. Yeah. So it was, oh no, it was almost, it was three years. Okay. Were yeah. you still going well, back and forth to Switzerland on vacation? Um, for, yeah. For Christmas vacation, okay. I would still go back. Yeah. To see my friends, of course. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back then when it's not your, your own money, you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to see you again. And it was just like the next one, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I went back and I think that's when I was like, all right, I love Mexico. I love the people, the food, you know, everything about it. I, you know, but um, just personally, it was very hard after having that independence to just mm -hmm. give that up again, right? And then to be just so private again. And, and yeah. You know. And there's a thing that you learn when you live in Mexico City that not a lot of people know unless you're there. You know, you're very, you start to be very street smart, right? Um, abusado, that's the word. That, that, mm -hmm. You know, say abusado, cuidado, abuso. abuso you know? And that means that, you know, when you're driving, you know, at night, make sure that you're, you know, you always have an, a way out if there's a red light and somebody's too close to you, you know, always watch out who's behind you. You know, it's just like little things that you start to think. You never talk about where you live mm. on your phone too. You never, you never save numbers that say mama or papa, you know, because uh -oh. then they, oh. they can, if they steal your phone, they can call them and, and say that they kidnapped you or something. I mean, it's just all these things. And it was just such a big list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and my brother is an expert because, you know, he's lived there all his life or right. he only lived with, with us for a little bit in Switzerland. But yeah, and he would just tell me and I learned so much through him. And he's like, all right, abusada, eh? abusada, ponte cerquita de mí, you know, really close yeah. to me, <laughs> go this way, go <laughs> you know. And I saw this guy right in front of me in his car, um, somebody just put a gun in his head. I was like right behind him. And I was, yeah, I, I probably turned white right away. And then I just like left, like I took the red light because I just, you know, and it scared me. Scares you, you know? It is scary, especially when you're, I mean, I would say it, that's scary at any age, to be okay. honest, but like to be young and, and have to grow up knowing that, like number one, it's just very indicative of where you're living, but that's also very, you know, very much like a big city yeah. experience and Mexico is a massive city. Yeah, it's a massive city. Yeah. You're just, yeah. and, and I mean, it's not like I didn't feel safe. I mean, I felt safe, but it was always in the back of my mind, right. you know, like, say abusada, you know, gotta watch out and just be safe all the time. And um, yeah, so after a while, I was like, I don't know if I can study here. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little bit more freedom, you know. Um, and, and then I wasn't sure if I should go back to Switzerland because I did like a little bit of, you know, the chaos of Mexico mm -hmm. and <laughs> not too many rules, <laughs> party people. Yeah, and then I decided, um, and when I knew what I wanted to study, because first I wasn't quite sure, but I knew um, I want to study graphic design. Um, there was um, the, the, the fair that happened in the um, U.S. Embassy in, in Mexico. Right. And one of the schools that went was the Art Institute. So there weren't that, that many, um, but the Art Institute really made an impact because they had a great presentation. Of course, who doesn't want to go study on the beach? Right. <laughs> My dad actually took me to the fair and he was like, oh my God, for Lauderdale, I go there a lot because he was representing one of the companies that, that was stationed there in that airport. Oh, okay. And he loved it. And I think all of our, you know, childhood, we went, we went to Disney, to that Disney in Orlando. So gotcha. we knew Florida, you know, we, we love it. We've always loved it. And so I was like, oh my God, am I really doing this? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? And um, yeah, I wasn't sure because what I was talking about, I felt a little lonely in Mexico. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to be really lonely. They're like, I don't know anybody. Everything's going to be in English. Right. That's but a big step. That was a big step. Yeah. And I was 18, you know, I just had graduated um, from, you know, preparatoria, which is yeah. cool. And I sent some of my sketches and drawings. Back then you had to be accepted because mm -hmm. as an international student, you know, you still had to go through a little bit right. of a screening. And they were like, oh, hell yeah, you're accepted, come on over. And I'm like, oh my God, I guess I'm moving to Florida. Actually, a question just came to mind because right now what you said, like you were going to, you know, to another country where yeah. they speak English. And obviously in, in Switzerland, you know, they speak, what is it? It depends where you are, but it's like, yeah. Swiss so German languages, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but where did you? Because like you're obviously ridiculously fluent, like fine. But where did you first start learning English, or was it both in Mexico and in Switzerland? Or? No, in Switzerland back then they didn't. That you didn't have English until um, high school. Actually, oh. now it started. It starts in elementary, but back then only in high school. So I actually started in, speaking English in Mexico. Um, yeah, and Swiss in the Swiss school of Mexico. Okay, you know? so in like That's a long So it was, yeah, preparatory, the last three to three years of, um, yeah, high school, right? Yeah, okay. that's where I learned. Um, yeah, and that school was actually amazing. I mean, you know, it's called the Colegio Suizo. You, you know, you have most of your um, teachings in, in German, mm. you have French, you have English, and you have Spanish. So you graduate with four um, languages and with diplomas to teach, which is insane. Oh, wow. So they make you go through, you know, the diplomas to be able to teach the language too, right? Um, amazing. With, with the German language. And then I took the one for French mm -hmm. um, in, a, in, a, in the Lyceum, you know, uh, yeah. Mexico. Yeah, so that was insane. And that's, I think that's also why Florida or I would say, you know, Florida and the Art Institute in general was so attractive to me because it was very international. Mm. Um, the people at the embassy sold it that way and they're like you know we have percentage you know the people from the Caribbean from Europe and I was like oh my god this is perfect because my whole life I felt like I'm you know part of the UN <laughs> very international. United Nations like my whole family sprinkled all over the place you know even my Swiss family I mean they live in in um, Holland they live in you know and even one of my aunts works actually for United Nations um every four years she goes down to um Africa you know and travels around there and the stations in different um countries in oh nice yeah so I was like what international of course I'm there you know and finally I can use all my languages and I did I mean you know I met people from you know France people from Germany um nobody from Switzerland Oh, there <laughs> is very little, but you know, and a lot of Latinos, which is really fun because I just came from Mexico and I had this whole like Latino vibe, you yeah. know, very easy to me to make friends because, you know, as you know, Florida is very, you know, has a lot of Latinos, not too many Mexicans. All I know is that like, there's a big Cuban community in Miami. Obviously, yeah. Fort Lauderdale is not in oh, Miami. Oh, my friend, my Cuban friends. Yes, yes. There's a lot of Venezuelans and a lot of Colombians, oh. you know, Honduras, El Salvador, all sorts of Latin people, which was fun, too, because I didn't know a lot of that. You know, I didn't know the different slang words, you know. Yeah. Um, my Puerto Rican friends, oh, which I love, Puerto Rico, you know, all their words were fun. <laughs> learn and you know understand yeah it was it was a lot of fun I, I made so many friends and 
through the languages, you know, um, a lot of um, work opportunities opened too. When I graduated, my first job was with a French company and then with a German company, you know, and, and so I, I was just jumping around. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Had such an amazing time on the beach. <laughs> I bet. Oh my God. I, what you mentioned, um, one of my favorite things to do when I like meet someone else who's mm -hmm. um, Latinx is definitely compare slang or even just yeah. like listening to their accent. I'm like, wow, like you talk really fast. <laughs> or, or, you know, some things mean completely something else. Yes. Know? Yeah, that was fun too. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go into that because it's all about words. I was going to say it, but you know. Oh my God, I love it. Are you still in touch with a lot of friends from school? I am. I am. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's one of my, my favorite thing to do is just, you know, friendship i think just because i you know i i was always away from family or you know i only live with my mom or only my my dad i think friends have always been family to me so yeah, yeah i i really cherish friendships and i try to stay in contact with all of them yeah and and they've visited me here in la you know oh, okay. so that's yeah that's fun, been fun. Yeah. but a lot of them have to have to move back home because of um, their visa, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a whole thing, you know, it's a whole other thing. I mean, you know, with you know, as international students, you get one year yeah. to, to work after you graduate, and then you have to seek um, sponsorship. And so that's how you stayed, right? You... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, first I wanted to just go back, and I wasn't sure if I should go back to Mexico or Switzerland to work. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they're like, no, you can stay a whole year and you can work and, you know, with your student visa. And I'm like, what? That's cool. Um, which it changes. The status changes. Mm -hmm. I believe T1. I don't remember. Ugh, I, I, I was such an expert back then. And now I forgot all that. Because <laughs> you have to. You have to know your status. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't let you back into the country. But yeah, you get a year. <laughs> and um, and that's when when I um, got the job with the French people and then they closed their shop. And then so I jumped over to the German people. And then I was like, eh, I don't know if I like them. If I get sponsored, you have to stay with them for three years. Oh, wow. And so I was like, um, but then, you know, I worked out. So I did stay three years with them. And then I, I switched to another company and they they sponsored me. Um, and you can only get sponsored two times up to six years. Oh. Yeah. And it's a whole process and it's super expensive and they have to release a lot of paperwork. So a lot of companies don't want to do it because right. basically what it means is that they have to prove that you are worth a lot more than an American citizen. It's crazy right. how they think about that because they have to prove that, you know, they're going to give the job to you instead of an American citizen. Right. You know? That's huge. And so a lot of companies you know, won't do that. But the ones that do, I was very thankful, you know, um, an agency in, in Fort Lauderdale, an ad agency, and I had the, amaz the most amazing time with them. It was a really cool team with a great work. What um, kind of stuff did you guys do? We did a lot of hospitality um, and real estate, the hotels, you know, and because real estate there was booming back then, you know, that was like 2005, 2000, wait, it was a little early, 2000 three, four, five, yeah, around that time, um, real estate was booming. So we would do all the design and websites, you know, and and um, items that were going to, to be part of the opening party, invitations, mm -hmm. things like that. Very cool stuff, yeah. And I got into, that's where I got into um, photo shoots a lot. So art directing wow. photo shoots, yeah. And then after that, I switched to another company. And that's when we went a lot. Of, I did a lot of traveling. Um, so I worked for a company that had um, the Yachts of Seabourn as a client, which is sort of like a higher-end cruise ship company. Mm 
and um, Regent Seven Seas Cruises. So it's, it's yeah, it's kind of like a, you know, a little more exclusive yachting, which is only 200 people instead of Ooh, la, la. or whatever, right? Or <laughs> um, if you compare it, you know, to, to all the other um, cruise ships. So yeah, I got to travel and live um, on the yachts, they call them because they're smaller and just art direct photo shoots. I mean, it was insane, Emma. I, That's amazing. You know, I would wake up in my, my cabin, you know, my view was the, you know, the, the casino in Monte Carlo, <laughs> you know, it was just insane. <laughs> I was on top of my game. I, I, I felt like a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because, you know, because of the traveling and because of the languages, I was able to use it everywhere I went, you know? And, and That's yeah. amazing. That yeah, so I even went to one in, um, in Bora Bora and that was like three weeks, I believe. And our assignment, check this out. It was to take pictures of all the activities you could do. I mean, just that in Bora Bora, you can imagine, you know, swimming with the sharks, feeding the stingrays, uh, you know, it was amazing. Yeah. And so we would, because for the cruise ships, it's more expensive to be on dock, you know, and do all these photo shoots there. So they just take you with them. So you just sail with them and you just make sure that you don't disturb the guests, you know, and you work with the, with the crew and, you know, at night you're dead tired, but you still go to the crew bar. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. We had so much fun. And I I worked with really fun people and a good team, you know, good photographers. Um, And we create amazing stuff. You know, we won a bunch of awards for the photography um, in these catalogs and for the design of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that company was really fun to work with. Um, but then, um, yeah. And then I, I met my husband, um, his name's Justin. And, um, so I met Justin in school and we, we just remained friends. And, and when I graduated, he went back for a second degree and then we sort of lost, you know, contact back then we didn't have Facebook and all that. But I think, um, I think two years after graduation, my roommate started dating his best friend. And I, I knew them all from school. Mm-hmm. And then I started asking about him. Oh, well, so Justin. And he thought I was already married with kids or something because I had like a really, really um, strong relationship. You know, I had a, a boyfriend that was with him for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we kind of connected again. And it's funny. It's funny. Was yeah. it still in Florida or had you moved to I was LA? Still in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Florida, yeah, but it wasn't, yeah, until two years after graduation that we kind of got together, and we knew so much already about each other that it was just like like a best friend, you know, meeting again. So it was really nice. Oh, that's awesome. It's funny. What brought you to LA? Um, his job. Okay. So yeah, so he um he studied graphic design with me, and then he went back to um motion graphics. Okay. And um, that's really not big in Florida unless you do animation and you go up to Orlando to the studios and so he actually moved um and drove cross country with his mom no wow his pickup truck yeah with his with one couch his computer and you know not much and yeah just winged it he uh yeah and so he came to LA and I stayed in Florida with my job and you know with my apartment and like okay let's you know let's see how it goes Mm -hmm. and you know if you find something I'll move with you because I've always been kind of you know, adventure. I'm okay with moving around. And <laughs> I've always loved LA. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, so of course I, I did not doubt it. I mean, he got a job right away and I was like, all right, quitting my job and moving with you. <laughs> that's awesome. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I knew that there was going to be a future with us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so I didn't want to, you know, 
lose that, what we had. And, yeah. and that's what I told him. And I think he felt really safe to come over here because he knew I was supporting him and, you know, and I was going to come anyway, or he could come back, you know, to Florida and we would find a different way or go to New York or, you know, just whichever way. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how we moved. That was in 2009. So yeah, I've been here for a little bit over 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I do want to touch on, you had mentioned that he has this connection to Mexico. He, um, when I met him, he was telling me that every Christmas he would go to Manzanillo to um, visit his grandma that, that retired there to Mexico on the beach. And I was like, what? So he loved Mexico. He knew his, you know, his words, his best friends were from Puerto Rico. So he was always around Latin people. So he had already the whole introduction. <laughs> yeah, he was familiar with the culture. With the culture, you know, he wouldn't, yeah, he wouldn't, because um, I was, it's funny, I was dating somebody in Florida that had never left the country. And I thought, I think I've, I've told you that before, yeah. right? Um, and I took him back home to Mexico. It's just to, hey, you have to see Mexico City. So much art. Um, he was an incredible designer. And I'm like, you have to see the architecture. It'll be so much fun. And one of the nights, I think the light went off or the power went off. And he's like, what happened? What? What? He would not understand. Like, how can you lose power? You know? And in Mexico, big city, so many people, sometimes the power's off, you know, yeah. or you don't have hot water because something happened, you know, right. or things don't work out. You, you, you learn how to be a little bit more, you know, um, is the word that I'm looking Yeah. Resourceful. <laughs> Resourceful, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, not freak about it. And <laughs> yeah. And he freaked out and it was funny. Like that was one of the, one of the things that really stood up to me. Like, oh my God, you're right. This is like a whole different culture, right? This mm -hmm. doesn't really happen that much. I mean, in LA it might happen here and there, but he was from Michigan. So it would never, right? Oh, man, I can imagine that. I can yeah. imagine. Well, a lot of clash. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I guess there must be a big difference between Michigan and Florida, but between Michigan and Mexico. <laughs> Mexico City, yeah. Can you yeah, imagine? Mexico City. Yeah. Yeah. And he loves it, but yeah, he was super well. And, and, you know, but with Justin, for example, you know, when we went to Mexico, you know, the power and off, and he, he was used to it. It's just like this comfortness about everything that really it was really very appealing to me. And, mm -hmm. and also he would respect you know the culture as well like he knew what to do what not to do the proper way yeah um you know not that that's really important but to, to me it was you know when i first met him and, and that was really nice and then also you know the food right that was his favorite food and all these um, mexican chilitos you know the chili yeah. uh, chamoy and all that he knew about it i'm like what <laughs> I thought only Mexicans knew about this. <laughs> so yeah, in Florida, you don't have um, all these parts that we have here in California. Yeah. You know? I will say it must be nice to not have to like explain That's so much it. or to always be like, okay, so this is a thing that we do. Yeah. Like it's not weird, but everyone does it. And it must help when you're, you know, introducing him to your family that he already gets like the nuances, the whole respect thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was key, you know, and, and he, he would know a little bit of Spanish to, you know, greet my grandma, you know, mm -hmm. at our wedding, you know, he was talking to her and, and it was, yeah, it's, I think that was a big thing, you know, because especially me that I don't really sometimes know where I really belong or who I am. <laughs> I am, but you know what I mean? Like culture wise, sometimes yeah. like I take a little bit of this, but I also take a little bit of that here. Right. I can really just relax and just be myself. And with him understanding that side mm -hmm. um, really has, has made me feel at ease or more comfortable for sure. Yeah.
No, totally. And now you guys have two cute little babies. We have two little rugrats. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. And that was, yeah. I mean, you know, just we, we grew older and we're like, all right, we need some niños, you know, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> and we never thought we would do it without family, right? Because we don't have anybody that lives in LA and it's been, it's been tough. Oh my God. Right. It's been really tough not having, um, you know, the support, you know, they say it takes a village. It really takes a village. Like you need so much around these kids. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. And now during, you know, the pandemic, it's been an intense way of <laughs> motherhood. <laughs> I bet. Yes. You know, I've always worked um, full time as a mom and I have the help of, you know, the nannies and then school, of course, and pre-K. Mm -hmm. But now I have them both to myself and it's been amazing. Tiring, but amazing. Yeah. And I speak to them in Swiss. Um, ever okay. since I was born, I, you know, I wanted them to grow up the same way I was growing up with at least two languages. Mm -hmm. um, and we had the nanny speak to them in Spanish. Okay. So we have that. And of course, whenever we go to Mexico, they speak to my family or, you know, they, they understand them very well. So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting to, to, um, you know, raise kids, mixed races in a different mm -hmm. country. And also, you know, respecting the way that my husband is used to raising kids, respecting the way that education works here. Right. Like I was telling you, we didn't learn how to write and read until after kindergarten and and here you start right away and you have to read and there's so many rules and I'm like whoa <laughs> you know and and so I'm actually enjoying the time that, that I have right now with them because to me I'm a little bit more European in the sense that you know kindergarten is to play and socialize and so I'm doing a lot of art projects with them um just letting letting them be kids you know I don't I'm bringing both cultures to the mm -hmm. house you know we're doing you know, Mexican things, but we're also doing a lot of Swiss things because I'm, I'm you know, I, I love both of my countries. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it's important to them. As soon as they were born, I, I got them their Swiss passport. Oh, nice. For educational purposes. In Europe, you know, all schooling is free. Mm. But at some point, they want to go study there. University, everything is free. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you know, they can just go and, yeah, and then study there. So I think that that was key. But, uh, but also the languages, because all my life, the languages have opened so many doors for me, mm -hmm. you know, and I've done so much freelance with it too. I mean, even translating things at some point, you know, I yeah. had some cash and I started, um, I got this client at T-Mobile and I was just translating all their packages and it was just so easy to me in Spanish and, and French and German. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it was such easy money you know but it's it's boring it's not fun you know right. I, I i love designing more than anything but but yeah it was it's 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 great it's just you know more doors for you what are some things that you are enjoying teaching them about like their swiss heritage and their mexican heritage so far um definitely the, the food <laughs> a lot i'm cooking a lot <laughs> I think that's how they learn how to do math because I always, how many more cups do you need? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely the food, especially with, with Mexican um, food. We love, um, you know, cooking together. We love baking Swiss dishes. So in Switzerland, there's a lot more warmer, heartier food, um, mm -hmm. you know, than there is, I think, here in the U.S. Is, is baking not that big in Mexico? Because, like, I don't remember a lot of baked goods aside from, like, conchas or something. Yeah, a lot more fried, right? <laughs> Yeah, it seems. Yeah, you're right. I never really thought about that. Yeah. But in Switzerland, you know, you make your own bread on Sundays. Um, and that's like a whole other thing because in Switzerland, you know, the stores are closed or they used to be 
now it's a whole other world <laughs> but all the stores used to be closed every sunday so you, you know you would make your bread on sunday and oh wow um yeah people would have you know in their backyard they would have all their fruit and you know veggies um just that's how the way it was, that's right? So and so we've been, that's what we're all going back to during exactly. the pandemic. And that's what I've been doing with them too. Like, you know what? Yes. Like get me a cottage out in the middle of nowhere and I will have a garden. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's fun. So I'm doing a lot of gardening with them, with the kids too. We're planting and it's fun for them to, you know, have a little bit of a thing to do. Like, oh, I got to water them. And they're so proud, <laughs> you know, when the first one sprouted and they're like, oh my God, we did this. Yeah, you know, you have to treat them. You can sing to your plants. You know, we're all like, <laughs> kumbaya over here right now. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, it's been exciting to, to bring the languages to them. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and um, around Christmas time um, in Europe, you celebrate um, St. Nicholas on the, and on the uh, what is it on the fourth in um, in no the sixth of December sorry fourth mm -hmm. is my mom's birthday crazy <laughs> and and he brings candy if you were good and then fruit and nuts and if you're bad he brings you coal you know like yeah one for barbecues and so I've, I've been doing that and I leave little traces that he was here and he, he brings a little donkey and I leave a little bit of you know grass that he came and brought that and then at christmas is actually an angel it's not you know an yeah angel brings you presents oh. yeah so we're trying to like merge it a little bit yeah i've never heard of that one yeah and so in mexico city it's just like in the u.s but you actually have christmas on the 24th yeah that's how we do it exactly. yeah and then, so actually these kids are so spoiled because they get about four days of presents. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I yeah. want Swiss Christmas. Come on. <laughs> on the 24th, on the 25th in the morning. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little mixed up and, you know, I make it up as I go. But no, we do a lot of baking and, and you, you make a lot of cookies and then you yeah. give it to your friends. So we did that. I would always do that for, you know, when I worked full time, I did that. And, you know, when I put them to bed, I sing to them in Swiss, so I sing their songs. But when you, we're playing, it's a cyan, actually, I'm showing the whole, like, marimero que se fue la mari, mari, mari. Did you ever do that with the hands? No. Like little games? That's, that's very Mexican. So I'm, like, teaching her that. Yeah, so it's, you know, just bringing awesome. it. Yeah, and she eats like a Mexican. It's really funny. She always wants nachos, which is not really Mexican, but um, you know, tacos. And she likes spicy. She was like, mommy, spicy. You know, the tajin. Oh. She does not eat oranges without the tajin. Oh my God, you have to put tajin on it. And I'm like, you are my daughter. <laughs> and then we put lime on everything. I mean, if you ask my friends, you know, my favorite food is lime. Yes. And I'm so proud when my daughter asks me, mommy, can I have more lime? I'm like, yeah. Yes, Cyan. <laughs> and even my, my son, Ryder, too. Both Cyan and Ryder. They're, they're always asking for lime. And I'm like, oh, you guys are so me. Ah, I get things from your dad. No, I'm kidding. You <laughs> <laughs> like lime, too, which is fantastic. <laughs> no, but you're so right. Like, food is such a big thing. I feel like in any, in a lot of cultures, food is just like everyone always gathers around in the kitchen. Food is such a big part of, you know, everyday life. And especially, like, Mexico City, is really known for their street food but i guess like when you're craving something like comfort food like what's your go-to mexican dish oh 100%. yeah 
I, I think because, you know, it goes back to my grandma, Tita, mm -hmm. uh, who unfortunately passed. She almost made it to 100 years. That's such a Latin oh, thing, wow. right? That's amazing. Um, uh, I loved her. Yeah, she was amazing. I mean, we miss her so much, but she would cook for us. And, you know, because I lived with my dad and my brother, mm -hmm. she would always cook for the family. It was amazing, actually, to, to think back. She would get up early and just cook the whole day so that the whole family could eat lunch together. So mm -hmm. it was my aunts and my uncles, my dad, my brother, and me, and my cousins. We would eat lunch together. But in Mexico, you eat late. You eat, like, around three. But it's a big meal. You have, you know, your soup and then your big plate of whatever and then dessert always so it's like a three-course lunch yeah. and so my grandma would always cook all morning and you know we would all sit together and, and that was really nice because you know I never really had that like my parents divorced so early that I, I don't have a memory of us four ever sitting on a table it's kind of sad to, to think about it you know it makes me a little sad but I think that's why I enjoyed it so much you know, with my grandma. And that's where the comfort food comes from. Like, it always reminds me of her. And she made this sopa, sopatita that I would talk about. Aww. That was like, oh, this like amazing soup. And and I think that's why my comfort is really a soup, a warm soup with tortilla. And you can mix in whatever you want. And, you know, with, with a little bit of, um, you know, Mexican cream that we call it because it's not sour cream. Hello. Right. No. Mexican <laughs> food. And um, it's called crema fresca, right? Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I think I, it, it's that. It's, it's and do you make it, or is there a place where you go and get it? You know, I've always tried it in all restaurants. I, there's always two two dishes that I would try in Mexican restaurant. It's the chile relleno, which is it's a stuffed chili, which is not spicy. Yeah. And the tortilla soup, and I would always judge the restaurant. <laughs> and those two things, which is you know, really it shouldn't be, but um, but no, the fa my favorite is is mine, my recipe taken from, not quite from my grandma because she would use, you know, certain ingredients that I, I, I don't, but, um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, the one that I make, I love, love, love. I'm going to have to get that recipe from you. I'm trying yeah. to cook more. Yeah. Um, so like my favorite thing is mole, but my mom's That's mole. Hard to make. That's yeah. Like, one how many ingredients, like 28 ingredients, I think. It's so, <laughs> and it's like the weirdest thing. Like one day I remember my, like watching my mom make it and she was like crushing chips into the pot. And I'm like, what the fuck are you putting in this? Pot? And you know that the most important part um, of mole is that there's chocolate in it. Yeah, there's chocolate. No, no, sweet chocolate. <laughs> chocolate is in it. Yeah. And like, there's so many different types of mole, but like yeah. my mom's is my favorite because it's not sweet, but it's not too spicy. Like it's, mm. it's perfect. And I, oh, okay. I'll ask her to make it for me on my birthday because I know it takes a long time to make. And so she'll make an entire pot and then freeze it in little Tupperwares for me. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, you have a jewel of a mom. You <laughs> can do that. <laughs> I know. One day I'll learn how to do okay. it, but I'm going to need your, um, your recipe so Absolutely. I can try to make them soon. Yes, yes, I'll definitely share. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, she just taught me how to make um, chilaquiles during quarantine like literally she taught me via facetime i was like okay i love chilaquiles and i can't find the i can't find them the way she makes them yeah. um and i was like it can't be that difficult but like i just can't find them that they taste the same or they taste this good um and i was like all right just teach me it's all in the sauce right yeah but don't yeah. you have to do on your own yeah do never buy the pre-made sauce right yeah. 
which chilaquiles is um is a hangover food. You knew that? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, it's one of the best hangover foods. Yeah, most most people that you will see eat chilaquiles in the morning in Mexico. <laughs> the one drinking the night before. <laughs> no, but I love it too. I love chilaquiles. Yeah. yeah, she finally taught me how to make them, and now I'll make the sauce like almost every Sunday, and either use it for chilaquiles or just to put the sauce on like on eggs or on tacos or whatever. For sure, yeah, or even with bread, you know, like dip it in there. <laughs> oh, I have not tried it with bread yet. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. um, amazing. Well, thank you so yeah. much. This was awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to do thank this. You, yeah, thanks for all your questions and and. I'm, I'm so happy that, you know, my story is of your interest. <laughs> you know, I think it's just not, we don't hear too much about, you know, people who were raised in Mexico and then kind of had to go and you do have that, that separation of, you know, going back and forth and your experience is unique where like you were raised in this massive city and then, and then came over here. And so like, yeah. you're still, you know, Latinx, but you've had a completely different experience to, you know, to me or to someone else who yeah. was moved here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, how I always describe it, I had the best of both worlds, you know, even though they're 180 degree difference, you know, mm -hmm. I, I picked up the best of the both worlds. I mean, I couldn't be happier with my childhood, even though I was, you know, hard at, a, at times, you know, you know, missing family and being separated, you know, and all that. But just having the opportunities to to see the world and such, you know, with such differences. Yeah. Picking the best of it. And I would say, you know, I work like a Swiss, but I party like a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Thank you so much for joining us today. Latinx Like Me is executive produced and hosted by me, Emma Cárdenas. Remember to subscribe and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And please leave a review. It's a great way to help the show grow and show your support. Feel free to reach out on Instagram at latinxlikeme or via our website, latinxlikemepodcast.com if you'd like to nominate someone to be featured or just want to say hi. Ahí nos vemos!